You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. My guests this week, or guests I should say, are Ikentosh of Ikentosh Photography. Now, Ikentosh are a husband and wife photography team out of the West Coast, and they are truly some of the funniest, sweetest, most kind-hearted, and honestly hardest working people I have ever had the pleasure of speaking with. Ike and Tosh have really approached their business from such a unique standpoint, and they realized early on that being an African-American husband and wife photography team made them really unique, but they embraced it in a way that really helped them to serve others, serve their clients, and just so much more. This couple, I honestly, I had the best time talking with them. They are hilarious. You will love them. And I just, I wanted to talk with them all day. We talk about everything from how they got started to how they run their business from a faith perspective and even what business has been like for them and how things have really had to shift in the last six to eight months as they were dealt a health scare and they realize what's important and what really matters when it comes to their business and family life. You are going to love this conversation with Ike and Tosh. Seriously, I just, I, I cannot say enough good things about them. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ike and Tosh. Hi, Ikentosh. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. Uh, you guys are the second time that I've had multiple people on the show in one episode. So I'm really excited to have the both of you. But you guys are the first time that I've ever had a husband and wife team on the show. Oh, shoot. Hey. I know. I'm so excited. Um, we're going to get into so much about what you guys do and the purpose behind your business and just who you are as people. But... Before we get into all of that, I'm going to have you both do, and this is this is like a double, it's it's like double whammy or something. I don't even know. Um, I'm going to have you both give us the Ikentosh 101. So tell us your story. Um, if you want to kind of go individually and then kind of maybe to where you met and fell in love and, and eventually what led you, led you guys to the launch of uh, Ikentosh. Cool. I'll let Ike start because he has like this imaginary story that he believes is real. So <laughs> so basically we met online on MySpace. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, I love it. MySpace. I'm originally, I'm originally from Virginia. Me too. Where in Virginia? Uh, Central Richmond, Prince George. Yeah. I, um, I lived in Richmond for two years after college and I taught at Hermitage High School. Okay. What, uh, what school did you go to? Uh, well, I went to Christopher Newport University in okay. the Hampton Roads area, but I grew up in Northern Virginia. And then yeah. after college, I graduated, or when I graduated, I moved to Richmond. So I've uh, kind of been a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But th this isn't about me, though. <laughs> I lived in Norfolk right before I moved out here. So oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually I, he always goes, you know, I was minding my business. And then I got this friend request and, you know, she fell in love with my my handsome good looks. And, you know, I had the perfect profile with all the perfect words. And like he always does this, actually. Stuff, but, um, what song was what song automatically played when you opened up your MySpace page? I don't know if I did that because that was always annoying to me. Because 
I'd always be at work on on, on that. And then it would pop up. Yeah. So I had been on MySpace. Like I just moved home from college. I live in Tacoma, Washington, which is south of Seattle, about 20 minutes. And um, I like was having a hard time kind of reconnecting to my community because a lot of my friends who didn't go to college were kind of on a different life track than I was. Yeah. And a lot of my friends who did go to college went out of state. And so my friends were suggesting I just started grad school that I get a MySpace account. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what's MySpace? Like, I have Facebook already, <laughs> but I didn't really understand what MySpace was. So I log into MySpace. I'm on for like three days. And every single day that I log in, there's a picture of Ike and it says cool new people to meet. And I'm just like, why does this person keep popping up? And so I got curious and I went to his profile. And he was like a super huge Kanye West fan. And at the time, this is like Kanye pre-crazy. Yes. Um, and he kind of like, he did like the whole MySpace Facebook angle thing where he like looked up to the camera like, and he had like this really like sharp jawline and he kind of looked like Kanye West. And so I was kind of sold and I sent him a message and kind of the rest is history. This is the We've best. We've been married for 10 years in August. This is the best meeting story ever. I love it. Wait, so you did y'all just connected and then just started messaging each other and Yeah, I was like all about the glowing orange like icon that you had a message, you know, like it used to glow when you had messages yes. like refreshing all day long for a year and a half until we got married. Because we actually did long distance our entire relationship. And oh then like a month before we got married, probably two weeks before we got married, he moved to Tacoma. Oh, my goodness. Now, when did you guys decide to meet in person? I'm like, I'm fascinated by this. Well, we met in October 2005 online and he was already going to be in Las Vegas. So he just extended his Vegas trip and came to Washington. Oh, and that was in January of 2006. So it was like three to four months later. So what was that like meeting each other in person? The were you like a little afraid? Like, is this guy actually who he says he is? <laughs> oh my god, absolutely! I actually had a friend who I brought to the airport with me, and we stalked him until <laughs> we realized that he actually was the person that we saw online. And then once we felt good about that. Um, you know, we went down and met him, but I took him to all of like the really critical people that I knew in my, in my life. So like my grandmother and like some of my best friends and I like let them tear him apart and they felt good about it. And once they felt good about <laughs> it, I felt good about it because they don't feel good about anything. So, oh my goodness, that is, that's intense too. The first time you meet in person, you're like, all right, I'm going to have you meet all of the major people in my life and you have to m meet their standards of approval. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of what happened. And then um, I met his family in April. They all thought I was from Washington, D.C., not Washington State. <laughs> um, so that was pretty awkward when they started realizing that he had this secret girlfriend that he never told anyone about that lived across the country. Um, and then that July we were engaged. And then the next August we were married. That is amazing. That is a great story. Is that is that how it went down, Ike? Yep. <laughs> So you guys got married in August of 2007? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what what happened after that? You guys got married and were you guys just kind of in your own careers or when when did you guys start pursuing photography? Yeah, so um usually too, while when we do interviews like this, I'm usually the talker and then Ike usually cracks like jokes and does like ad libs and stuff. So I like it. for the people that are listening, I promise I'm not like an aggressive dominant. Well, I am. But not in this particular case. This is just kind of how we interview back and forth. We kind of 
jump back and forth. But um, so after we got married, Ike worked at Comcast and I was working um, for Goodwill Industries. I'm running a youth development program for them. And we we we're just living regular lives we're just being normal regular yeah, people, people collecting paychecks you know yeah trying to like figure it out because yeah. we were we were young we were 23 and 24 25 24 and 25, 24 and when, we 25 when we got yeah. married so yeah. like we we're still fairly really young with not a whole lot of uh, disposable income and so like our, our jobs that we're working are like the best jobs that we've had yeah that we lives. had have ever had yeah i was a manager at my job um and so I was running a million dollar youth development program. Wow. And so I wasn't, we weren't shooting at that time. We weren't really even interested in shooting. What happened is um, for our one year anniversary in 2008, I bought me a camera because I'd seen all of these Nikon commercials on TV. And um, I had the year before I had just found my family and they lived in Georgetown, South Carolina. Um, I was raised and aged out of the foster care system. So I met my family on my wedding day when I was 25 and for our anniversary, wow. they had this like campaign called Picture Town USA that Nikon was doing. And basically they were claiming that anybody could use this particular camera and take really amazing and great images. And I loved pictures, but wasn't like really looking to be a photographer, although I had dreamed of being a photographer in the past, but it just wasn't the timing wasn't right or I needed to go actually get a real degree that would be worthwhile in the long run um so instead of going to art school I went to grad school and like I just constantly would kind of put that on the back burner because it felt like a fun career and not like a stable career yeah and I had been taught that I needed to be doing something that was stable because I, I didn't have any family so I knew I had to take care of myself and make sure that I was good um wow so Ike bought me this camera and um it sat on the shelf for a really long time because I didn't want to learn how to use it. And then unexpectedly in 2009, my grandmother who raised me in foster care passed away. Mm. And um, what I did to kind of get over that, because I got super depressed, was learn how to use the camera. Wow. And the more that I learned how to use the camera, the happier I was and the better it made me feel. And then we started like shooting our friends. Um, we started with like family pictures and we did a couple weddings and we did children. And I just felt like every time we shot someone or photographed someone, um, I felt myself like coming back to life. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of how it started. And then it kind of took off from there. Like, was this... Did you have a passion for photography or did it just kind of like you saw her coming back to life and you wanted to participate in that? Was that, you know, did you guys kind of go into this going, I think we're going to do this together or how what, did that just sort of happen organically? No, no, no. Um, I saw her passion and I wanted to be a part too. And I didn't want him to be a part. Really? I, I Yeah, I, I, not I, at all. Before we before we moved in, before we got married and, and, and lived in, before we even met, I used to work at Circuit City. And um, I sold cameras for a living. Yeah. Not much for a living. Um, <laughs> I sold cameras. I worked in the camera department at Circuit City. So I, I knew about cameras and how they worked and, and, and the basics of it. I was never into photography per se, but I liked pictures. Yeah. You know, like, like I was the one friend in my group of friends who had the camera yeah. who would want to take pictures and record videos. And really, I was into like making videos because I just like documenting life mm -hmm. in video format. And um, before we met, I had like made a couple videos of myself 
like just you know being stupid with my friends just so she could see what I was like. It was kind of like a um a way for her to see who I was as a person before yeah. we got to see each other. Yeah. So uh that that's like my experience with cameras like right. before we met. So that whole thing so when she got into photography, I was like, "Oh, this would be a cool little side hobby or whatever." Yeah. But then when she started like getting better and making money, I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to come shoot, too. And so, yeah. But we only had one camera. So I would just come and help her learn and assist until we got a second camera. And then I would, like, start recording videos of our shoots and stuff. Yeah. And then start taking pictures, too. And it just kind of grew from there. Wow. Um, I'm going to go back just a little bit. Um, Tosh, you, if you don't mind me asking, you you mentioned that you grew up in the foster care system. You'd aged out. And you met your family on your wedding day. I, um, if, if you don't mind me asking, like, how did that all come about and, and what was that like and how has that really motivated you and influenced you in what you do today? Um, well, so my mom is actually mentally handicapped and the woman who raised me had an adult group home and that's where my mother lived. And so the day that I was born, I was placed in her care. Yeah. Um, the lady who ran the group home and I, I just referred to her as my grandmother, but yeah. I mean, all my life, I like obviously wanted to know like who my family was and where mm-hmm. I came from and nobody could really communicate that to me. Um, which was really frustrating. My mom actually was given up when she was born too. Mm. So you have like two generations of kind of this kind of orphan spirit thing happening. And so, um, because of my mom's disability, she could never like communicate to me or articulate to me like my my family history or my background. Yeah. But she would always talk about these brothers and sisters that she had. And so the family that she grew up in, they sent her here to Washington State to live with an older sister whose husband was in the military that was based out here. Yeah. And um, I would always ask them, like, I want to know like who my real family is. And they would be like, we're your real family. Like nobody ever would give me the answers that I wanted or really even explain to me how we got to this situation. And so um, I remember when I was like 25 or I hadn't turned 25 yet. I was 24. This was April before a wedding. I had told Ike, I was like, man, I really want to find my family. Um, And I was visiting with my mom and she had a letter that one of my uncles had sent her. And in the letter was a picture and the picture was like his family. And, um, he had like daughters that looked to be my age, but the crazy thing about it is that they look so much like me. I was just like, these, these are my family. I've never met anyone that looked like me besides my mom. Wow. And so because of my mom's disability, my uncle had written out who everybody was, how old they were and what school they went to. And some of them were in college. And so I was like, I bet they're on Facebook. Yeah. So I went to Facebook and I looked up my eldest cousin and I messaged her. You found them on MySpace. Yeah, no, I found her on, on Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Yeah, I found you on MySpace. Found everybody else on Facebook. <laughs> um, and uh, she like, I was so nervous and so scared because how she would respond would probably determine whether I would continue to pursue it or not. Because I had grown up all these years, done 25 years of my life without them. Yeah. You know, so if I had like a negative response, I probably would have dropped the whole thing and never, ever pursued it again. But she was so sweet and two hours later wrote back and I just remember my heart beating so fast Mm. and her going, I think I've heard about you. And just that night, like we just went back and forth for like 
ever on Facebook. And she was telling me about all my cousins and my grandfather had just died actually four months earlier. Um, and like, she was just telling me about my family. And so the next day I got to talk to my grandmother and my aunt, three of my uncles. And the kicker of this whole situation is that my uncle, who is kind of the patriarch of the family, only lived one hour away from uh, where I lived in Virginia. So all these times that I was traveling back and forth, they were like right under my nose. And my cousin who I reached out to actually taught at the elementary school that I went to growing up. Wow. So they were just a few minutes away from each other. And so the next time I went to Virginia to visit him, I got to meet my uncle and his family. But then I met my the rest of my family um, at our wedding. And we ended up getting married and deciding to get married in Myrtle Beach. And my family lives in Georgetown, South Carolina, which is 30 minutes from Myrtle Beach. So it was really easy for everyone to get to the wedding. And we had already had those things planned because Ike's family goes to Myrtle Beach every summer on vacation. So oh my it just all was like very providential and just yeah. kind of all lined up perfect. Yeah. And how has that influenced you today and in your business? And I mean, if you think about, I mean, obviously when you think about what you're doing with photography, other than just the physical act of taking pictures, like the meaning mm-hmm. behind it and the capturing of memories and, and, and storing those, those moments in time for, for couples and uh, seniors and, and families, I mean, all those kinds of things. How has that, your experiences influenced that? Well, I mean, I think you kind of like nailed the, you know, hit the nail on the head. It's just obviously I value memories so much more because so many of mine were kind of stolen or taken away. But I we love, you know, we love family pictures and we really value them and really impress that on our families and our, you know, the importance of them and why you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for like your family later on down the line. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just my experience growing up really lends itself to why we value community so much and building community and um, why we use our business to do that with our work with our high school seniors, but also with our conference that we run and our online communities that we run. Um, Communities is very important to me and growing up without community or without family um, is a huge reason why. Yeah. Now I want to get to you guys talking um, or the Blink conference in a little bit, which is the the conference for creatives that you guys started. But before we get to that, um, so Ike, you had mentioned that when you saw that she was really coming alive, you know, doing photography and you guys decided to dive into this together. What was the timeline on that? And what did those early years look like as you guys were kind of navigating launching a new business and kind of figuring? I mean, obviously, you guys are relatively new. Newly married, still in that kind of newish um, marriage period. What did that look like in the early years for the both of you? And when did you guys really feel like you started to kind of hit your stride? For me, like when she first started wanting to shoot, it was it was like a hobby. So I didn't pay it any mind. I was just trying to be supportive. So yeah. We would go to bookstores when they still existed. And um <laughs> Get magazines on photography. We we the the Scott Kelby version one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, those like photography mag. We we would buy all of the magazines and all the stuff, and I'll be like, here's you know how you can self te- you know self teach and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's too late to go back to school for that. So we're like, well, let's figure out how to learn how to use the camera to become better. And so during that time, I was like more into the financials of of um, 
the stock market equities, things like that, because the uh, crash had had sparked my interest. The uh, economic, the big recession Mm -hmm. has sparked my interest. So I was kind of researching and and, and getting into that whole thing. So when she was while she would go buy cameras, books on cameras, I would buy books on stocks and how that stuff works. So that we were like in two separate lanes, but I was always supportive. And so he would um, he always came to every shoot and he'd like hold reflectors and like assist and support. So he's always been a part of the business, but he wasn't shooting at that time. Yeah. Yeah. We had one camera. So like I just would be like, oh, cool. I might take her camera, take a picture of something. But for the most part, I would just, you know, help out and stuff. Right. And then I eventually decided once I started getting the hang of her camera, I was like, oh, I think I want a camera, too. Like, I want to, you know, be able to take pictures. But it wasn't necessarily a, a, a business. Like, Tasha, she was charging, and, and she had, like, clients, but it wasn't anything major because we're talking about, like, $125 shoots. Like, this is no way going to support anything other right. than some T-shirts and some Starbucks coffees. Right. So, um, and, but as, as we got more and more requested and bigger and and things got on a larger scale that's when i started to be more involved and and wanted to pick up a camera just for my own personal like oh i want to see what i could do yeah i I would take this you know that type of thing so um it was just you know and then we launched the business like we became an official business in 2010 in may we launched the website but the the brand was still under tosh like it was latasha haynes photography at first Mm -hmm. even though i was there because she started it and it was her thing that drove it, she named it and it became under her name. So I just was always like secondary. Yeah. And then we we started, um, we, we had a baby, we got pregnant in 2012. And um, as we were like kind of facing uh, me, like stepping down a little bit or, or pulling out a little bit um, and Ike stepping up in the business, people were like nervous because They were like, well, we want Latasha. Like, we don't want Ike. And I'm like, wait, he's a great photographer. Like, he he's actually better than me. And even to this day, I'll say he's better than me now. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just got like the natural creative abilities where I feel like I'm more like the business person, Mm -hmm. Um, marketing, branding, kind of things like that. He just has like a really beautiful, natural, creative like ability that I don't actually have. Um, But People were just like, oh, we, you know, we don't want Latasha or we don't want Ike, we want Latasha. And it was really hard to kind of convince people that like he was as talented, if not more talented than me. Mm -hmm. And so we knew we needed to think about figuring out a way to include him in the business in terms of the name so that people would feel comfortable when he showed up to do events while I was taking care of our newborn. And so we like played around with a lot of different names and we decided to become Ike and Tosh. And so we launched our new business, um, February 18th, 2013. Um, and on that same day, we also launched the Blink Conference. And that's when things took off. Is when it. we changed our name and we became a husband-wife team. Um, and when we launched the Blink Conference, because at the time, there were no African-American husband-wife teams in our industry yeah. at all. And so it just was, it took me from being a black female photographer to being a husband wife team and it, it made us unique and it made us special in that way the name the name mm-hmm. we like i said we were the always name. ike and tosh right but we just she weren't probably shot for six months without me and in, in, in that like in the if you, if you could say like in the whole like 11 year span of since she picked up the camera six months of that 11 years i wasn't really a part right yeah 
That is amazing. And I will say I'm a little partially uh, biased to February 18th because that's my wedding anniversary. So it's a really special day. (laughs) That's cool. That just means that that day is just extra blessed. (laughs) There you go. I agree. I think that's amazing. And I love what you said, how that just really when you because this is so critical for so many business owners is how do you figure out what really differentiates you? What sets you apart? I mean, there are, you know, it, it's one of those things where I tell people all the time, like I, I'm a blogger for a living and I also do a podcast, obviously. But um, I tell people all the time when I teach blogging classes, I say there are literally millions of blogs out there. So what right. is going to make yours different? Why are people going to care to read about your blog? Or mm-hmm. if you're a photographer, there are millions of photographers out there. So how do you differentiate yourself? There are lots of people you can pay to take your pictures, but what experience are you looking for? What type of person are you looking to serve you um, as a client, as a customer? And I love how you guys just really figured out that when you rebranded to be Ike and Tosh, not only were you differentiating yourself because you were unique in the fact that you guys were the first African-American, you know, husband and wife team. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that then sets the standard for so many people and inspires so many other people. But then you also are really, you know, just showing here's what we really feel like we're called to do and how important that is. And one of the things I love so much about you guys, especially just, you know, following you on social media. And I mean, when you read anything on your website, I love how 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 intentional you guys are about showing that it's not just about pictures. Like at the end of the day, yes, you're taking pictures and you're giving clients a, a product, so to speak, but it's about so much more. And it's about you you guys really put God at the at the forefront of your business and you really talk about how like even in I love in the video on your website how you're just like, I want to serve others and and give glory to God in all that I do. Like that is, it's just so powerful. That's so amazing. And that shows that there's a deeper purpose and a deeper meaning behind what you do for a living. Can you guys talk about that a little bit and just, you know, how that really came to, to fuel what you guys do? Well, I, I think that for, for me, um, the only reason why we're photographers is because, because I lost someone, mm-hmm. you know, it's because I was going through a really tough time in my life and there was this thing that helped me pull out of it. And so I feel like it's kind of been God driven from the beginning. Um, and so I just felt like it's not something that we asked for. It's not something that we were seeking. Um, it was something that happened to us. And, um, I'm a believer obviously. And I believe that like, you know, things happen because that's what God has in mind. And, um, I just feel like, I just remember in the beginning, just going like God gave this to us. So he'll always be a part of what we're Mm -hmm. doing. And I never Mm -hmm. wanted to be in a situation where, I had to reintroduce my faith into my business. I didn't want to ever be in a situation where I was uncomfortable speaking about my faith because I didn't want to offend people. And so we came out the gate pretty strong um, with with God being a pretty vocal part of our business because yeah. that we felt like he gave it to us. We felt like that that was the reason why we were yeah. there. And so that that is kind of the reason why it's it's not any like beautiful, amazing story. It's just that like, it's a gift, you know, it's a gift that we were given. And um, we always honor God with the gifts that we have and and vocally, you know, not privately. And so I just was never going to be in a situation where we couldn't talk about our faith or we couldn't function out of our faith in, in our business. 
And so that's it. And I'm not like a Bible thumper that like, you know, <laughs> everybody needs to know that we love Jesus and we talk about it all the time. Um, I don't feel like there's there needs to be a conversation. I feel like your actions show mm-hmm. your fruit. Um, but I never want to feel like I can't again, like express or say or, you know, do whatever. Like we operate out of love, which is, you know, what we're taught to do yeah. and what was our greatest example. And so I think that's what our business is based on. It's just like love and loving our people, our community, our clients, and making sure that we're doing our best to leave our mark. Yeah. Would you? Mm-hmm. Or am I making that up? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are some ways that you guys are very intentional about serving your clients? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say that we are very, uh, in a way, we're not very high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Like we have a lot of uh, grace for people in their situations and trying to accommodate them in their needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I think that's the the biggest way is us in our in our very. Um, relaxed approach. Yeah, I don't, we don't see clients as like money, like as jobs. I think we like really see our clients as like individual people and we see their circumstances. Like, I don't think anybody who'd want to work with us wouldn't have the opportunity because we're really good about trying to work things out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're like really great at providing um, like an authentic experience for our clients um, and allowing them to connect with us. Um, Yeah. Like, out, you know, sometimes like you feel like someone's coming to just do their job and like they're done. Right. Um, but I feel like a lot of our clients feel really connected to us and really connected to our family. Mm-hmm. They feel they're excited to be around us. They're excited to hear, you know, about our daughter and what she's doing. Like they feel like there's like a vested interest in who we are as people. Yeah. And we feel vested, too, in their stories. Like we we go to weddings. A perfect example. We were hired for a wedding this weekend. Um, of someone who spoke at my conference and, you know, Ike was hired to be the photographer and then Wisdom and I were guests, but I ended up doing her makeup and um, (laughs) making bouquets. Like we showed up the day before and we helped like set up the wedding and I made floral arrangements and I helped the wedding planner. Like, and I did that because she's my friend, but I do that for all of our brides. It wouldn't, it's not unique to her. Like I would do that for any bride that hired us because I feel like if I'm going to be there on your wedding day, like one of the most important days of your life, I want you to remember me for more than just being like a statue in the background, stalking you with a camera. Like if you're having a hard time, like I want to be able to encourage you and I want to be the person that brings like peace and reminds you like, hey, this is an important day. Like it, it, this thing is not that big a deal. Like I've been to 20, I go to 20 weddings a year. Trust me, like this is not unique to you or high school senior, like you know, now that I'm a mom, um, my approach is way different than it was before I was a mom, but understanding that like for this senior, this is like a really scary and exciting time for them and how as an adult that's been through this or, you know, has experienced some of the things that you've experienced, how can I support you? Yeah. Um, so a lot of our seniors, like we shoot their, their senior pictures, but we also invite them over for Sunday dinners or we'll put on like little events for them so that they can come and connect with other girls or, you know, other seniors that are in their same situation. We've built so many friendships with young girls by bringing them together and providing a space for them to connect, you know. Um, so I think that just our our heart for our clients um, and our willingness to go above and beyond like just making a dollar is what makes us unique and is is an intentional act of how we like to run our business. Mm-hmm. Like we really want to know who our clients are. We don't want them to just be, mm-hmm. you know, a paycheck. Mm. 
Mm, I love that. And that is um, my, for those that, that are listeners of the show and know me, my like life verse is First Peter 4.10, which is all about using the gifts that God has given you um, and to be a faithful steward of those gifts, because that mm-hmm. is an example of God's grace. And I feel like you guys just epitomize that in so many ways of being stewards of those gifts and really serving others um, and thinking of others before yourselves and how, and, and it's just so evident that that's how other people see you as servants and, and um, people you just love on people and you encourage people. Um, and uh, you mentioned it briefly, and we even talked about it a little bit before, but you started a conference um, called the Blink Conference. Can you talk about um, talk about that conference? And also this year is going to be a little different because I know that you guys are kind of taking a break after this. So um, talk about the Blink Conference and um, and where that came from and, and what it was geared towards and what, what your purpose for that was. So I will always say like Blink is my monster. Um, and it is. It, it, I started the conference with my sister, actually. I She's not a photographer, but she's my best friend. And so she mm-hmm. like encourages and helps me and sometimes um, in an aggressive way. So I was complaining about things that I had seen in the industry that I wasn't happy with. Um, I felt like there was really a lack of diversity in conferences and educational opportunities. And I was talking to my sister one day and she was just like, if you don't like how things are going, why don't you just do your own thing? And I was like, no, like no one knows who I am. It doesn't even make sense. No one would even want. And she was like, girl, bye. Like if you <laughs> if you are so frustrated and so annoyed, you need to do your own thing. So I like come to Ike and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like Melinda suggested I do my own thing. He's like, yeah, you should like do your own thing. And I'm like, who's going to come to our conference? And so that kind of started a conversation um, with some of my friends in the industry who were at the time like much bigger than us. And um, over the course of seven days, from that conversation in the coffee shop where my sister punked me seven days later, we had a conference and, um, it's been amazing. And it's just been a really great opportunity to bring, um, up and coming talent, um, to the platform, to like the main stage and to have them, um, be on a lineup with people who are more senior, like more veterans in photography. And I feel like blink is just a really great reflection of the creative industry. Um, both um, in, in terms of, you know, areas of focus, um, just what creative abilities, what people can do, what they like to focus on, what they like to do, but also like ethnically and gender wise. A lot of the conferences in our industry are predominantly Caucasian, um, wedding photographers, um, and I just that's not a great reflection of just the overall industry. And so yeah. Blink kind of serves um, the general population, but it provides like a more well-rounded education. Yeah. Um, you've got wedding photographers. You've got portrait photographers. We're doing some flat lace stuff this year. Mm. We've got, you know, uh, family and baby high school seniors. And then we do business and marketing and branding um, and things like that that you could that will help improve your business. And so I just feel like it's a really amazing, well-rounded event. And we've done conferences all over the country the last four years. And this year we're having our final conference um, in Seattle. We're going to take a little break and see what God has for us next. And that could be another conference. Um, 
It could be, you know, Blink 2019, but we do know that in 2018 we're going to be taking a break. So we're really excited about this conference this year and being able to bring it home for our fifth year. And we're really excited about our speakers and all of the really cool opportunities that will present themselves while we're there. So that is amazing. And I love that you and I love that you had the right people in your life to encourage you to just, you know, instead of just like you said, instead of sitting back and saying, oh, oh somebody should do something about this. You're like, oh, I guess that person should be me. <laughs> yeah, it's just been such a beautiful thing. Like I never would have ever imagined that we would have our own event and to have so many successful years of it, too. I mean, it's been such a a labor of love for real. And Blink is like my second child. I mean, it's been such a beautiful community. So I'm excited about just how it's going to evolve over the next year when we're taking a break, what kind of ideas God may give us Mm -hmm. um, to grow it. Or, you know, I don't don't know what he's going to do, but we definitely are excited to kind of end well. So I love it. Now, for those that are listening that might be interested in attending Blink, uh, Mm -hmm. since this might be your last opportunity, where can they find out more information about how to attend? Find out more about Blink at www.blinkconference.com, which is B-L-I-N-K conference.com or anywhere on social media at Blink Conference. That's awesome. And when is it this year for, for those that are wondering? It's in August, right? No, it's November. Oh, November. November. The 12th. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where I thought I, I read August. I don't know. My my brain is, <laughs> my brain's all over the place. Hey, no worries. Um, <laughs> so as you, you know, I, I love to ask this question, especially of those who have been, been in business and, and been established. Um, what is your sort of if you have it, uh, you know, words of wisdom, advice to fellow entrepreneurs, fellow creatives, and especially creatives and entrepreneurs who are in business with their spouse. What is your um, your advice to them for, you know, getting through the, the, the tough times, you know, celebrating the successes? What are the things that you guys have really kept your focus on that has helped you through uh, through the different seasons of your business and, and your life and your marriage? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Okay, well, for for entrepreneurs and creative entrepreneurs especially, my I, my advice would be to make sure that you have your business in order. Um, I think that we get really excited about the creative parts of our business, and we throw all of our muscle behind becoming a better creator. And you know, just all of the things that are fun are the things that we like to do. Um, but sometimes we kind of fail to secure and to put into place the things that are going to keep us in business long term, Mm -hmm. like having a great attorney, having a great accountant, making sure you understand when your taxes are due, um, making sure that you have insurance, both business insurance, like life insurance, um, medical insurance, all those different things. Um, I just think that we never really want to deal with those like serious things, but those are the things that keep us in business long term. So Mm -hmm. if I had any advice for a creative entrepreneur, I would be like, make sure that your business is sound and in in place and you've got your copyrights together and your trademarks and your contracts and all of those things that you wouldn't want to deal with. And if you're not excited about doing those things yourself and if it's difficult for you to do those things, like outsource, like Mm -hmm. You cannot pay enough money to make sure that your business is secure and successful and that you have things in place that will cover you if something goes wrong. Um, And as far as like our just how do we survive like the hard times, I think 
I think what makes us unique is that our personalities are so different. Ike is a lot more laid back, a lot more relaxed, and he views the world um, a lot less seriously than me. I'm a lot more uptight, a lot more um, concerned about the day-to-day things and what things look like. Um, And I have had to learn to really be more like him Mm -hmm. and to really, you know, honor like the areas where he is stronger than me. Um, The areas that I may feel are his weaknesses are actually his strengths. And there are things that we really, really need in business. And I think that he probably has had to learn to kind of respect that my type A personality, my type A personality, although can be annoying, is what has made us who we are as business people. Yeah. Um, So I think it's just really like respecting the other person and understanding how they work and um, really kind of playing to those strengths, you know, and I think it's important to to have boundaries and to separate your life from your business, Mm -hmm. which we have not mastered quite yet. I think we're just kind of getting into the stride of that. Um, because of this year, we've had a really very interesting year and we were forced to kind of make some changes in our lives. And I think we're finding that, um, that balance, you know, of this is, it's time to work now and it's time to be a family and to step away from work and to put this down. And I think those things are really important and, um, learning how to kind of schedule that and make sure you follow through. Um, especially if you work from home, it can be really hard to walk away. So now I close the office door and when the office door is closed, that's like, we're done, you know, yeah, and, and I smart. stopped working at a certain time. And those are things that it took us a long time to get to that place in our business. Yeah. Now I, if you don't mind me asking if you can share a little bit about, I remember earlier in the year, the creative community really rallied around you guys. Cause you guys had, uh, some, some pretty kind of concerning, <laughs> serious life things happening. And just, I remember seeing all of our social media, just people's, the outpouring of love and prayers that were being sent your way. Um, do you, if you don't mind, do you mind talking a little bit about that and what, and how that impacted you? Yeah. Um, so I had been pretty like sick for probably four weeks with what I thought was a common cold that wouldn't go away. Um, and I woke up one morning and we were after like a couple days of going to doctors and trying to figure out what was going on, because I just wasn't feeling right. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a cold and then there's like something feels off. Um, yeah. So I had entered into the something feels off phase of that whole thing and had gone to the emergency room and been treated for dehydration and like inflammation um, and had gone to the doctor and been treated for a viral infection, but it was something that was supposed to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And so we were on our way to actually go speak at a conference, the reset conference that's held in Indianapolis, really yeah. amazing conference, another one that people can look into. Um, and I had come home from getting a haircut because we were on our way to the airport. And I just looked at him and was like, I can't, I can't go. Something's not right. So we, after a few stops, end up at the hospital and I end up getting admitted and we're not really sure what's happening at this point. But um, after four days of a very, very low blood pressure and very, very, very high heart rate um, and a couple blood transfusions, I was diagnosed with heart failure. Mm. And so um, 
15 days in the hospital, um, the first probably five to six of them, not knowing if I was going to survive. Mm. Um, my friend started a caring fund account and um, I woke up probably day six in the hospital to like 310 text messages. I remember that because I was like 310 text messages. I don't think I've ever had this many in my life. And so I knew that like the word had gotten out. Mm. Um, and then I got on Facebook and had like close to a thousand notifications and um, it was, it was like an outpouring of support. It was just people sharing and praying and really just, it, it, it almost feels like a dream cause it was just so crazy. And, um, but I, it was in that moment that I realized how much Ike and I had accomplished in our business, hmm. um, by loving people yes. because of the way that they were loving us in return. I'm going to start crying. Oh. Um, and it was at a time where I had actually felt really forgotten and really low. Um, I had just finished the last Blink conference and I was like emotionally drained because um, the last conference was amazing, but it pulled so much out of me. Um, and so to get online and basically to read like it was like reading like eulogies, mm -hmm. you know, and really getting to hear, you know, how you had impacted people's lives and yeah. why it was so important to them that you did not die. Um, and they wanted you, it just was, it was a dream and, wow. and it was really very humbling, but it was just, I don't know. My love language is words of encouragement. So my glass was so full, mm. um, after reading those. And so, um, I'm going to cry. Just, it was, it was like truly a blessing. Mm. Like you, you don't get to sometimes smell your roses while you're alive, mm. you know, that old metaphor. And so yeah. I really was thinking God, cause I felt like I got an opportunity to kind of really see what it, what people would say about me if I weren't here. Mm. And, um, not that that would be like the circumstance of which yeah. you would want to, but yeah, a lot of people yeah. don't get to know how people feel. And I got a chance to see that. Um, and so it was a really beautiful thing. And the way that our community, both locally and from afar, like supported us by sending gifts, sending flowers, you know, donating to the caring fund. But then our community locally, like took care of our daughter for 15 days. Like she had no idea what was going on for her. It was like, mommy's gone, but I get all these sleepovers and all these play dates. And yeah. I mean, people really stepped up to the plate and um, you know, we had our meals covered for like six weeks. It was just wow. a really beautiful time of like people really showing up for us. And I was really so thankful for that. Wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I just remember there was one day where I opened up my Instagram. My face, I mean, it was just, I just was flooded and, and just, I was I remember I just stopped and I was like, I've never met these people, but I'm going to pray. And, you know, I mean, I just, it really, I love how you said it was such a gift. It was such a gift. And to be able to see that as something that was so challenging and so scary and, you know, difficult to, to see it as a gift from God, to give you the opportunity to slow down and also to give you the opportunity to, to see and to allow other people to speak into your life. I mean, mm -hmm. what a gift that is. And no, totally. So, so thank you so much for praying. I appreciate that. Oh, I 100% believe that prayer is the only reason why I survived that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm so, so thankful for your prayers, but it was a gift in a lot of ways. I mean, it was a gift because I got to see that, but it was also a gift to be able to share what happened yeah. because a lot of people function out of, you know, these things will never happen to us. Right. And, um, we were those people too, you know? And so 
for something like that to happen. It really helped us and forced us to look at everything differently. Like, do we have a plan if something were to happen to me? I run the business. Like, what what is our plan? How are you going to function without me, you know, in the future? Or, you know, just even insurance. Like, there were a lot of people who who didn't have insurance and they were thinking just like us, you know, right. and it and it forced them to put some things in place because you just never know. And yeah. Yeah. Um, even my faith, um, just sharing that experience and just trusting in God the whole process, like so many people were strengthened by that as mm. well. So I feel like God really got the glory and continues to get the glory as I'm recovering and healing. And yeah. um, for me, like that is obviously, I mean, that's the silver lining, but like that is why we why we, we, we believe, you know, we want to bring people closer to God and we want to set the example of like just his power and what he can do. And it was for sure a miracle, like all of it. And so how are you doing today? You know what? (laughs) Today is the very first day that I am on one steroid instead of six and I'm walking really well. I mean, I've had a great couple of weeks and I think that we might be turning a corner. Wow. So we were just talking about that this morning. Like, okay, I think things might might be changing for us. So I mean we won't know for a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know. Um so my heart is fine and my lungs are fine, but then I had all these other things that happened afterwards, mm-hmm. like reactive things that mm-hmm. that kind of popped up. So I've been dealing with a lot of blood issues and um maybe a case of reactive arthritis. Mm. Um, and so those are the things, the challenges that we're kind of dealing with right now. Yeah. So the not being able to walk is because my knees are so inflamed that I can't do that. But we think that some of these things are starting to kind of fix themselves. Wow. So we're looking forward to being on the other side. Wow. But we're, I mean, every day gets better. So Wow. I will definitely be continuing to pray for, for you and your family and your business and Um, I just, I, you are just, you truly are a walking miracle. And so God's, God's got awesome plans and clearly he's not done. (laughs) I receive all of that. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And yeah. And, and you guys have mentioned her, your sweet daughter wisdom, which I love her name. I love her name. Like you can't say her name and not smile. (laughs) You know, I actually believe that's true. It's so good that I came up with it and named her. (laughs) If you could see his face right now, Ike was so opposed to the name Wisdom until we had our gender reveal party and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, that's the coolest name. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I came up with it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to basically agree that he could name our second child in order for me to be able to name her Wisdom. But she is every single bit of her name. She is the the most delightful child. She's incredible. So. I love it. I love it. Well, we I've got two kids and and I, my my first was a little girl. So, I think when's Wisdom's birthday? August 31st. Okay, mine is my daughter's is um August 9 or August 18th. <laughs> I'm like so so this is why I got confused for a second cuz my daughter's birthday is August 18th. Our wedding anniversary is February 18th and our my son's birthday is February 19th. So there's lots of like 18s and 19s and I can never remember what's what and I end up getting confused. So. Our anniversary is August 17th. I love it. See, we're all just like, we're all connected. Well, we're teenagers. I love it. Uh, <laughs> well, as we wrap up here, um, I just, again, I just want to thank you guys so much for, I know you guys are busy and you have so much going on, um, but for you guys to just sit down and and just share your story and share your heart, I know is going to inspire so many people. And so just thank you guys so much. 
No you are so welcome. Um, so what is on the horizon for you guys for this year? Um, just as we wrap up, you know, what, what kinds of things are you guys looking forward to as, you know, throughout the rest of this, I guess the second half of 2017, which is kind of crazy to think that we're halfway through 2017. I know, like we're almost in chapter seven um, and not to be confused with like the bad chapter seven, but um, <laughs> you know what? I personally, Ike and I are kind of on two different um, plans, I guess. I would say like we we are in business together, but we also have our own kind of separate dreams and things that we're doing. Um, I do a lot of work with high school girls um, and started a service club earlier this year called And Her um, that works with high school girls in my community. And oh, so amazing. do a lot of like community service and a lot of um, bonding activities and peer mentoring and leadership development stuff. So um, I plan to put a lot of energy and muscle behind that and just really like diving into that. Um, I'm serving on two boards right now. One is called Treehouse, which is for um, they serve kids that are in foster care. So I'm, oh, I'm working amazing. with them just to I just to give back like I'm just super passionate about that. And yeah. I'm a success story. So I want to be able to kind of share those things. Yeah. Um so our daughter's starting kindergarten in the fall, and I want to be one of those crazy like PTA moms that sells candy bars. So I love it. I plan to spend. <laughs> I can just shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> I plan to spend this year in rest. Yeah. Um. I I just feel like that is the that's what God keeps saying over and over again is just be still and rest. And I want to drink in moments, and um. I just kind of want to chill a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to be doing that. Of course, like I'll be doing Blink and I have like a few speaking engagements. Um, but I really just plan to relax this year. That's and awesome. And not to do a whole lot. That's amazing. Ike, on the other hand. I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> you have a YouTube channel? Yep. Yes. I want to watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Ike's going to be a YouTube star and we're going to get it. rich off of Ike's YouTube channel. I love it. <laughs> See, Ike, here's why you crack me up, because your personality reminds me a lot of my husband's. Because me and my husband are, I think, remind me, or you guys remind me of me and my husband. Like, I do all the talking, and then my husband just inserts, like, sarcastic jokes. That sounds about right. (laughs) So He he doesn't say anything. See, people have to be able to see his face so that they can get, like, all the little, you know, unique, like, things about him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But he he's like really kind of like the new hotness, like all the, the girls want to shoot with him and everybody loves him. So I feel like he's going to have a really great year of just experimenting and awesome. trying new things. And he's shaking his head, but he's always got something weird up his sleeve. And I never get to be a part of it. He like kicks me out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're such a jerk. Um, yeah, no, I started a YouTube channel and I just, uh, I pretty much started it because, you know, we've been in business for seven years and I, I've, I've, two things have taught me, uh, two major contributions have kind of made me, I think two or three is going to conferences and, and like just looking at other photographers and their work, uh, Tosh and what she learned. Cause when we started, I didn't like to the way I was supported when we first started, like I would buy her buy books and we'd buy books and stuff. Yeah. We also paid for her to go uh, mentor a, under a photographer who taught her like a good portion, which kind of yeah. that like was like the I guess that was like the moment when the work changed for her. Like our work changed right. when she learned all those. So like that, like so everything that Tosh has learned, I've kind of learned from Tosh, and then I've taken that information and 
learned other things like YouTube myself and then other photographers. So all that over seven years, I've felt comfortable with saying, okay, I should start kind of like how she started Blink, her own conference. In the way that she felt like things were missing in the industry, I felt like there's a, a voice missing in YouTube that I'm trying to fill. Yeah. So that's kind of why I started a YouTube channel. I think it's awesome. I can't wait. I will make sure to include a link to your YouTube channel in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, it's um. So my my Instagram name is Photo Me I P H O T O M E I K E like I can touch but Photo Me Ike. Mm-hmm. And so if you just search Photo Me Ike on YouTube, my my channel will come up. Awesome, so. awesome. Ikentosh, thank you so much for your time. You guys are awesome. I just, anytime, hey, if I am ever in Washington, I'm going to hit you guys up and we can Please. hang out. <laughs> Come with us. And if you guys are ever in North Carolina, I'm in uh, Durham, so you can come we visit. We shot a wedding in Raleigh, Durham. Last we year, will like, 100% be in North Carolina because my pastor is Stephen Furtick. Oh, so. really? <laughs> that's I do his online church. That is awesome. Yes. So we. <laughs> I have to claim. Look. Okay. So I have a local church too. <laughs> I love, I love Stephen. I love Stephen. For, shout out to my pastor James Ludlow <laughs> at East Point Church in Sumner, Washington. However. I'm telling you, Stephen Furtick has my heart, man. He is, I I love him so much. That's and I awesome. I so his ministry. So they I have, have a campus a, near us. I plan to be there. I'm going to be there. Awesome. Sometime this year, I'm coming. Awesome. That's awesome. When you, you let me know when you're in town, I will take you guys out to dinner. You guys can totally stay at my house. Not no, like I, I, I mean this in like a genuine, like I love to open my home to people. So if you guys need a place to stay. You got a place to stay at my house. <laughs> hey, thank good. you. That's good. We have we have several sources on our list now. We so. try to we try to keep friends everywhere. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank, thank you, you for having us. So let me tell you guys, I was recording this interview with Ike and Tosh, um, and I could see Ike and Tosh on video, and I so wish I could have included the video in this audio podcast, even though I realize that's impossible, because seriously, the faces that Ike makes are hysterical. But in all seriousness, I absolutely adore them, and I know that you were blessed by this conversation. So please be sure to visit them on social media. I'll have all of their links and handles in the show notes, and just leave them some love and let them know how much this episode blessed you. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome. We have over 45 episodes in the archives that you can listen to so many amazing stories by so many amazing entrepreneurs and CEOs and nonprofit directors and just overall inspiring people. Please head on over to iTunes and be sure to subscribe. And I would love, 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 love it if you would just take a moment and leave a review. Leaving a review really helps us to grow the show. And I read every single one and they honestly mean the world to me. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And also, as you're listening to the show, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, just let me know what episode you're listening to and what it means to you. Because honestly, that stuff means the world to me. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.